Hello, savers, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the Six Figure Saver series. We're going behind the scenes on everything Six Figure Saver, but for this episode, I actually wanted to spend a little time talking about myself, maybe reintroducing myself. I also wanted to share some things about me that may surprise you. Um, I think it's really important when you are considering a coaching program to kind of get to know the coach a bit, right? Understand who they are, where they're coming from, what their ideas are, their perspectives are, their points of view, their values. And so I wanted to share a bit about me so that you can decide if I'm the coach for you or not. Um, And I wanted to start this with a list of assumptions that I think people make about money coaches in general. And I think for sure my clients are surprised when I tell them the truth about me. So let's go over some of the assumptions. Number one, I think that the biggest assumption about money coaches is that we love budgeting. We love like penny pinching and saving above all else, right? We're like very heavy on the budgeting, on the spreadsheets, on the saving, on the cutting of expenses. And I think something that will surprise you to learn about me is that I love spending money. I lo- I'm such a spender. I've turned into such a spender. I was thinking about it today, um, and one of my favorite categories to spend money in is jewelry. I love, love buying jewelry. I think it's kind of in my blood. My grandfather was always known for loving to buy jewelry for my grandmother, and it almost became like a family joke. And at a certain point, my grandmother said, you're cut off, no more jewelry. (laughs) Couldn't be me, couldn't be me, but she said that. (laughs) And I think I, I got a little bit of that from him. I love buying jewelry. I recently bought Um, an emerald necklace that I have been on the hunt for for two whole years. I love buying things from consignment shops. I love vintage jewelry. I love fine jewelry. I love buying jewelry from artists, from like actual jewelers who I know, right? A lot of my jewelry comes from jewelers who I could tell you their names, not just big design houses. And it's something that I love. I love picking my jewelry in the morning. I love wearing it. I wear my jewelry heavy, um, which is part of the reason why I like fine jewelry, because I wear my jewelry so hard that it often wears out if it's not um, real metals and or if it's just plated. And I think that that would surprise some of you how much I love spending money, not just on jewelry, but other things too. Um, And I think that that's, that bleeds into my coaching because I am not the one to tell you don't spend money. I'm not the one to tell you start cutting expenses. It, it's kind of like my least used tool in my toolbox. So if I think about like my toolbox of tools I can help you implement as a money coach to help you with your with your money and with saving, the cutting expenses tool, although handy sometimes, I don't pick it up very often because I don't find it to be super effective. It's like using a screwdriver when I could use a power drill instead, right? So I don't, and there's use for it. I'm not saying there's no use for it. I'm just saying it's not the most effective tool most of the time. So you won't see me going for that. Instead, what you'll see me talk about when I'm coaching you is how can we 
manage the money in a way that is so low, so low on the cognitive effort, like it takes you very little time. And how can we help you feel better about money so that you can go actually make more of it more easily? I would rather reach for that tool rather than let's start cutting expenses. <laughs> let's start cutting because cutting, although can although it can be helpful sometimes, it's not a long-term solution to a systemic problem. A systemic problem is you being stuck in debt over and over again, or a systemic problem is you never being able to save more than a certain amount of money. And that's going to be different for, for every one of you. Um, and cutting expenses is a kind of like a Band-Aid. And we love Band-Aids. Band-Aids save lives. They stop the bleeding, but they're not like if you need surgery, a Band-Aid's not going to cut it. I'm mixing metaphors a lot here, but I think you get what I'm saying. So I think that that will surprise some of you. Another assumption people make about money coaches is kind of like twofold. Um, a lot of people assume that I own a home. I do not. I rent. I love renting. Renting is not a financially irresponsible decision. Buying is not superior. Buying can be fabulous. I've owned a condo before. I've owned property before. Nothing against buying, but you don't have to own property to be wealthy, by the way. Like I'm very wealthy and I rent and I love renting and I'll continue to rent until I decide not to rent. Um, on the flip side of that too, I think that there's a lot of assumptions about money coaches and this kind of goes into spending as well around our cars. <laughs> now, if you're, if you know me, if you're a friend, you'll know I'm a car girl. I'm a car girl. I blame my husband. I was never a car girl. My first car was a Honda Civic, loved my Honda Civic, still love a Honda Civic, one of the best cars available on the market in my opinion. And my husband turned me into a luxury car girly and bless him for doing so. He taught me how to drive stick. I now really like my dream car is an Audi R8, which is just a gorgeous, monstrous machine. And we spend a lot of money on cars. And to that effect, another thing that I think might surprise you is that I have debt. We have auto loans and we have like we've had debt to buy cars. And I will say there's a strategy here. I teach this strategy inside of Seven Figure Wealth. And I think I had an entire podcast episode about it called Car Hacking, if you want to go back and listen to that. But I, as a money coach, do not view debt as the enemy by any means. Debt is, an, is just one of those other tools in my toolbox. And I view debt as a tool, as a neutral tool, a morally neutral tool. If you have debt, that is morally neutral. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean you're irresponsible. It doesn't mean your business is failing. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that you decided to use a tool and the tool you decided to use was debt. Now, sometimes we have a unhealthy relationship with tools, right? And sometimes we're codependent or dependent on debt or on the tool. And we definitely want to clean up that relationship so that you are in control of deciding when and if you use debt. So I'm not to, not to say that we don't coach on debt at all, but I want you to be in control of using the tool. And I want, and part of that is that you have to view it as morally neutral. So I, as your coach, will never shame, judge, or think anything about you if you have debt. 
I will not, I do not think differently about my clients who have debt and those who don't. I, I can't, I can't be bothered. (laughs) I can't be bothered because it's just a part of your financial story, right? So there's really no use in classifying you all differently because of that. Most of my clients have debt and that's not a problem. They still save a shit ton of money. And I think that that surprises a lot of people when they talk to me because they're like, well, you're a money coach. I've had clients who I remember when I was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching, I would meet with my clients and they would go, oh, Gina, I'm sorry. You're going to be so mad at me. I was bad. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I was bad. And then they show me their spreadsheets and they show me how much money they spent. And I'm like, okay, you spent an extra hundred dollars. Can we stop counting the hundreds and start thinking about the thousands instead, right? <laughs> like your energy is better better placed elsewhere. Um, and I share all of this to say that this is the kind of coach that I am. I focus on the $50,000 questions. I focus on let's simplify your banking system so that it doesn't take you so damn long. Let's implement the cash flow waterfall so that you're saving all the goddamn time and you feel fabulous about your money right? Let's focus on helping you feel unbothered in your money so you can show up to your marketing like the badass that you are without all this financial pressure that's causing you to kind of behave strangely. (laughs) Ask me how I know. I've done it, (laughs) right? Those are the $50,000 questions. And then when we help you do that, we turn around and we start investing in the stock market and learning how to leverage debt and learning how to buy and acquire real estate, right? These are $50,000 questions. I don't have time to worry about the, the dollars, even the $100 questions. Not that it's not worth my time. I will always coach you on anything you bring me. Absolutely. But... I really like to help my clients focus on the big picture, right? Like, how are we going to get your savings in the tens of thousands? Not how are we going to save $2 by canceling your Netflix subscription? I know it's more than that. I just had to rebuy Netflix. (laughs) They kicked me out of my mom's account. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I have been using my mom's account for like 10 years. Okay. I, I own up. I own up to my shame. I own up to it. Um, Let me think about what else I wanted to share with you guys today. Oh, I think that the other thing that's really important to know about me, and I've touched on this in other episodes, is that I'm a designer by trade. I do not have a financial background, a formal financial background. I went to California College of the Arts and I studied interaction design. When I graduated, I became a design researcher, which just basically means I was on design teams and I helped them understand their customers and their customers' problems so that we could solve their problem versus assume what their problem is and solve what we assume their problem is. And then that usually doesn't create good design because good design solves real problems. So my whole job was to talk to people and understand what is your real problem and how can I really solve it? And I bring that into my financial coaching. I view money as a design problem first. And what we learn in design school is that there is no such thing as human error. Human error is actually a design defect. Because if you're not, if you're designing a system that only works when a perfect computer robot does the system, you're not designing for people in mind. But when we design for people in mind, 
you don't make a system that requires perfection for it to work. And that's how I view financial coaching as well. You're a whole complex human being. Money is something that touches every aspect of your life. You have to deal with your money in your business, in your personal life. You have to deal with debt. You have to deal with savings. You have to deal with companies asking you, like money touches everything. And so if we design a system that is so rigid and requires perfection from you, it will never work. No one would ever do it. I wouldn't be sitting here with nearly $5 million of client submitted savings wins if I did that. What I do instead, and this is how I think about curriculum, this is how I think about coaching, this is how I think about my spreadsheets, this is how I think about everything. I think about it like a design problem. You're a whole complex, beautiful person. How can we make a simple, simple system that works whether you quote unquote make mistakes or not, which I don't really, I use quote unquote because they're not really mistakes, you're just being a person, right? How can we build a system that works if you have a high cash month or if you're in the negative this month? How can we have a system that works when you have a lot of money coming in for a launch and then your MRR drops down? How can we have a system that works in the transitions of life, right? When you're going from having a full-time job to quitting and being a full-time entrepreneur. When you're going from offering one-on-one coaching to no longer offering one-on-one coaching and switching your business model. When you're going from being an agency to being a coach, right? All of these big transitions happen all the time in our lives. And we need a financial system that is so simple that it can work through it all. That's what the cash flow waterfall is. That's why I created it. It's so simple. Money comes into your account. We decide how much to leave in your account at any given moment. Everything else goes to savings. If you need it, you pull it from savings and use it. That's it. That works at every income level for any business model. I've tested it across every income level and not every, I shouldn't say every, many, many income levels (laughs) and many, many business models. And I think that's, I think it's important for you to know that about me because that's how I'm going to come to you. So I, I think when my clients come to me and they are worried that I'm going to judge them or they're feeling like they were so quote unquote bad, I I get kind of sad because I'm like, oh, I didn't do a good enough job communicating that I'll never be mad at my clients, that they can't bring me anything that will phase me. I am so unfazable. I have seen it all. And there's no person who I've looked at and I said, wow, they're too far gone. I can't help them. No, because it's just a design problem. The other thing I want to talk about with that and I think it shows you a bit about how my brain works, is when I was in design school, I was in art school as well, right? And so I was surrounded by fine artists, oil painters, sculptors, glass sculptors, all these types of people, fabulous people. And I had this kind of existential crisis, like what is the difference between being an artist and being a designer? Like we're both in the same school, but there's like a difference here. And I don't, I couldn't really figure out what it was. And then one day I think I realized the difference between fine art and design is that designers have constraints that are imposed by third parties. So third party constraints. 
So budgeting constraints, engineering constraints, problem like customer constraints, right? Client constraints. We have constraints that are imposed upon us. And our jobs as designers is to take all those constraints and still make something really fucking good. And I think the way my kind of my creative motto has always been for me as an individual, it's easier to think outside the box when you define the box. And the box is defined by the constraints that you have. It's very hard to be innovative and think outside the box when you are just given a blank page, right? And that's where I never envy fine artists. I love what they create and I don't know how they do it because I, I have a very hard time sitting in front of a bank, blank canvas and creating something. But if you give me 5,000 different constraints, I will wiggle my way around them. I will figure it out. It's like my little problem solving brain. And I think about money the same way. Money is a huge constraint in our life. How much money you make, how much money you spend, all of those are just constraints. I think that's why I'm so unbothered by it when my clients bring me their problems is because all I see is not a problem. I just see a constraint which will help me define the box they're in, which will help me be super creative and wiggle my way outside the box, right? So that's the kind of person that you're signing up to coach for, coach for, coach with when you join Six Figure Saver. I'm an open book and I'm happy to answer any other questions about me. I'm sure there's more, (laughs) Um, but I just kind of wanted to share a bit about how I think, my little quirks, my jewelry obsession. (laughs) And, um, And if this, if I sound like someone who you would vibe with, if I sound like the coach that you've been looking for, I wanna invite you to join. And if everything you heard, you were just screaming in your head, oh my God, that all sounds like a red flag. That's your prerogative. I respect that. I hope you find someone who is a better fit for you. All right, take it easy. I'll see you guys in the next episode.